In this episode of the podcast, I talk you through how to legally influence Australian consumers to buy from you using social media influencers. Let's dive in. I'm Tegan, an Australian commercial lawyer who specialises in all things social media legals. I spend my days documenting agreements between influencers and brands and advising on disclosure requirements for influencer marketing campaigns as well as social media competitions. If you're a brand that uses influencers to help build brand awareness, trust and make sales, or you're an influencer that promotes the products and services of another business, this podcast is for you. And if you like free stuff, head to sociallawco.com.au forward slash ebook to pick up our free legally compliant campaigns ebook. You're listening to the Social Law Co podcast. Okay, the first official episode. Welcome again to the Social Law Co podcast. We have officially launched and I'm so happy you're tuning in. If you are hearing this, I'd love you to take a screenshot of the episode and post it to your stories tagging at Social Law Co and let me know your thoughts on the episode as we go. This first episode is all about how to legally influence Australian consumers to buy from you using social media influencers. So let's start with what you need to know in terms of the current state of play when it comes to working with influencers and marketing to Australian consumers. As will be the case with all of our episodes, you should never consider them legal advice. They're for general information purposes only. If you'd like legal advice in relation to your campaign, though, feel free to reach out. Okay, good. Diving right in then. One of the first things you need to know is that as of 1 July this year, we now have an Australian Influencer Marketing Code of Practice. This was created by AIMCO, which stands for Australian Influencer Marketing Council. AIMCO is an alliance of Australian companies engaged in influencer marketing, working together to elevate best practice to address industry trust and transparency issues. The code provides guidance to businesses engaging in influencer marketing, so it's a great place to start to familiarise yourself with how to run a campaign following best practice. It covers transparency regarding influencer vetting, brand safety, advertising disclosure requirements under the Australian Consumer Law, ensuring appropriate briefs and contracts, importance of addressing IP rights within contracts, and metrics and reporting transparency. I'm going to leave a link to the code in the show notes. It provides some really useful guidance on when and how to disclose a commercial relationship between an influencer and a brand, and some of the issues you should look to cover off in your influencer agreement. For example, the code states that the influencer agreement should cover intellectual property rights, reputation and brand safety, legal or industry code compliance, remuneration, services and deliverables, approvals process and exclusivity. That leads me to the next thing you need to know. If you're engaged in influencer marketing campaigns, you're essentially contracting in some way with another party. It might be that as a brand, you're directly engaging an influencer or you might connect with an agency to source your influencer. Either way, you should document the arrangement in a legally enforceable agreement. Doing so ensures you address all of the key legal issues, minimizes the risk for the parties involved, 
and sets your campaign up for a greater chance of success as all the parties are aware of what's expected of them. The third thing you need to know, and you need to know it before you can document your campaign, is what you intend to achieve out of your campaign. Is it brand awareness? Is it more followers? Is it an increase in sales? Is it increased trust? Or is it all the above? This will help you determine how to measure the success of your campaign, which is important if remuneration of your influencer is tied into the success of your campaign. Remuneration is one of the next things to consider. Are you paying your influencer a one-off fee, multiple fees over a period of time, payment and free products, a percentage of sales, or some other form of remuneration? The reality is that influencer marketing campaigns can come in many shapes and sizes, and your agreements should really reflect that. There are actually a huge number of moving parts in an influencer marketing campaign. Underlying a lot of them are the terms of use for the social media platforms on which the campaigns are promoted. For example, the branded content policy on Instagram and Facebook. Did you know that creators and publishers are required to use the branded content tool to tag the featured third-party product, brand, or business partner with their prior consent when there's an exchange of value between a creator or publisher and a business partner? This is relevant for influencer marketing campaigns. It's also important to note that not all brands, goods, or services can be promoted with branded content. The policy prohibits promoting a number of things with branded content, in fact. You can see the full list in the branded content policy, but some of these include multi-level marketing, payday loans, adult products or services, except for family planning and contraception, just to be clear for that, and unsafe supplements. If you have seen any of these around the platforms being promoted with branded content, they're likely in breach of the branded content policy. This leads me to another good point. Don't create your campaign based on what you've seen others do. Just because someone else has done it doesn't mean it's legally right. You should always seek advice on your own intended campaign first. There's a good chance that they haven't. This is particularly the case with social media competitions. I can't tell you how many of these I've seen on Facebook and Instagram that fall short of their legal requirements or just breach the terms of the social media platform. If your competitors are doing it, the reality is they may just be a hop, skip and a week away from a disabled social media account or even worse. Okay, so this is all well and good, and you might be thinking, sure, Tegan, there's all these best practice guidelines and laws in place that relate to influencer marketing, but I've been involved with campaigns for years without necessarily following all of them, and nothing has gone catastrophically wrong. To this, I'd say you've probably been really lucky, but your luck could run out at any day now, particularly as influencer marketing continues to grow and more and more money is channeled into it. Just recently, Business Insider reported on the ACCC, which is Australia's consumer watchdog, reminding influencers and online content creators that they must clearly disclose to their audience if content they've posted is sponsored or face a possible penalty. As the industry grows and matures, it's likely inevitable that someone will be the first to be penalised for failing to mark a post as paid for by the advertiser. Don't be that brand that is forevermore known as the first to be made an example of it's a title that will likely stick. So when it comes to compliance with the laws and the codes that relate to influencer marketing in Australia, there's a few things that should come to mind. The Australian Consumer Law, the Australian Association of National Advertisers or the AANA Code of Ethics, and now also the Australian Influencer Marketing Code of Practice. The last two are actually tied to Australia's system of self-regulation of advertising and marketing communications and act somewhat as a filter and a warning before you actually land yourself in legal hot water for a potential breach of the Australian consumer law. 
The AANA code had a new section, which is now section 2.7, inserted in March 2017, evolving the code to really reflect a changing market practice with influencer marketing. Section 2.7 of the code now requires advertising and marketing communication to be clearly distinguishable as such to the relevant audience. This means that if you're involved in a paid collaboration, you'll need to make it clear to the followers that it's a paid collaboration. In Australia, before the introduction of the AIMCO code of practice, there was no specific way that the disclosure was required to be made. For example, some examples often thrown around as hashtag ad or hashtag spawn. And what was actually considered to be clearly distinguishable was considered on a case-by-case basis. The AIMCO code of practice now provides some further clarification on how to effectively disclose. It's important to note that anyone can make a complaint to add standards if they suspect a breach of the code of ethics. If a complaint is made and it's upheld, ad standards will request that the advertiser remove or amend the offending advertisement as soon as possible. If they do not modify or discontinue the advertising or marketing communication within the allowed timeframe, ad standards will then include the advertiser's failure to respond in the case report, forward the case report to media proprietors, post the case report on ad standards website, and if appropriate, ad standards can even refer the case report to the appropriate government agency or industry body. So let's look at what might actually constitute a breach of the Australian consumer law in relation to an influencer marketing campaign. This will give you a good idea of where things can go wrong. Things such as an influencer or brand making a false or misleading representation that the goods or services they're promoting are of a particular standard, quality or value. An influencer or a brand making a false or misleading representation that purports to be a testimonial by the influencer relating to goods or services. An influencer or a brand making a false or misleading representation that they have a sponsorship, approval or affiliation an influencer or a brand making a false or misleading representation concerning the need for specific goods or services. These are just a few examples. So what happens if you do breach the Australian consumer law? Well, a breach can result in damages, injunctions, publication orders, and other remedial orders. Pecuniary penalties, fines, and infringement notices can also apply for a breach of certain sections of the Australian consumer law might sound like a lot of legal jargon, so let's just say not something you ever want to have to deal with. One thing that might make you think twice is the financial penalties. These were increased in September 2018 from 220000 to 500000 for an individual. And if you think about it, in the case of an influencer marketing campaign, this is often an influencer. And for a corporation, which is often going to be the brand engaging the influencer, from $1.1 million to the greater of $10 million, three times the value of the benefit obtained from the contravention or offence, where that value can actually be calculated, and if the value of the benefit can't be calculated, 10% of the corporation's annual turnover in the preceding 12 months. Eye-watering financial consequences when you think about it for that misleading post. So when will the ACCC be likely to penalise someone if they're yet to do so? Well, the ACCC has advised they're more likely to pursue cases of false, misleading or deceptive conduct in relation to social media sites such as Facebook or Instagram if there's a potential for widespread public detriment if the statement is relied upon, the content is particularly blatant, or it's by a business that's come to their attention previously. So repeat offenders beware. Coming back to the title of how do you legally influence Australian consumers to buy from you using social media influencers? You keep it honest and transparent, 
including sufficiently disclosing commercial relationships where they exist. You have an agreement that protects you and you comply with the terms of use on the social media platforms on which you promote. If you'd like to have a chat ahead of your next campaign, feel free to get in touch with us and we'll talk you through it. That's it for this episode, folks. I hope you've enjoyed it and found it informative. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed that episode, I would love you to hit subscribe on the Social Law Co podcast and leave a review. Don't forget, you can head to sociallawco.com.au forward slash ebook to pick up your freebie. Until next time.